Bread aisle, are you ready to rock? Dave's Killer Bread is the country's number one organic bread for a reason. Always delivering killer taste, killer texture, and killer nutrition. This isn't bread. This is bread amplified. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Wolves Fancast after another victory for the good guys, albeit not an exciting one. I'm joined by Stu and Gully. Good evening, gentlemen. Hello. Evening. <laughs> We've made it through. We made enthusiasm it through. is pouring through the, your ear, well, my earpiece at the moment Look, for you guys. It's, it's, I mean, we're recording it's 20 to 11 at night, guys, and we've <laughs> made it to this point so far. So that's a win for us, I think. That is. It's, it's definitely a one in the Ws for us. Um, so let's get straight into it. Um, as always, let's mull over the preamble before we go into the uh, into the game itself. The lineup, you know, earlier in the week, we put tweets out saying, you know, discuss your lineup, let's get creative, and creative we did. But Nuno didn't talk us through <laughs> that. Was that, yeah, well, was it a shock? Was that exactly as you expected, Stu? Well, yeah. So we know what he's like. We know how ridiculous he is now. And I know well, we, we was, it started off already, but it was so inevitable. I mean, Gully can come on to his winnings in a minute, but it was just blatant. As soon as Neves was ruled out, oh, well, it's going then Duncan Matinia then. Mm-hmm. Joe, we're in Jose play up front because that's the rule. Um, and we ain't got anyone else, so it's it's Pedence and Troy So it kind of picked itself. And there's no, I mean, me, I mean, pretty much all of our imaginative lineups kind of got praise online and stuff. So I'd like to see that. And of course you would because it's something different than being bored at your mind every week. Um, mm. But, and that's as soon as the lineup came through today, that's, you knew exactly what kind of game it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And there was no need. Especially today. Yeah. So obviously, you know, the table doesn't lie. Sheffield United are clearly and now relegated, but clearly the worst team in the league by a country mile. Gully, an interesting point made by uh, Dan, I think it was earlier today, where the club, you know, their thinking will be, uh, or the chairman or at least the the board's uh, ambition will be, get as high in the table as you can for that extra financial incentive. Uh, and you do that by the law of averages, by playing your strongest team. Where do you fall on that mantra? You know, is this, should this be a time of experimentation or actually should we be pumping out the team that's going to get us the maximum points and the maximum chance of a high finish? But to be fair, you could have picked the team today by process of elimination, I think, just mm-hmm. uh, based on who wasn't available to us. And that's what led me to to, to stick £10 on uh, with Jordan because it was totally inevitable. Um, mm-hmm. And I haven't won a bet since uh, God, God knows when. Um, I closed my SkyBet account many years ago. Um, so we, I'm pleased with that. Can we just use his, his real name of, of uh, Scouse Paul, Paul from now Paul on? Scouse Paul, yeah. Paul the Scouser. Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys, we can take a joke. Um but yeah, I, I mean, it's it's a difficult one to to really judge because there is merit in trying to win a couple million quid per position. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I guess 
you can do that, and 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 you can you can have all your all your eggs in in in, in each basket, really, can't you as well? Because I don't see why a team with a little bit more variation, mm. aka playing with the back four, um, can't go and beat Sheffield United, can't go and beat Fulham. You know, yeah. we should still yeah. just be expecting better of these players. You know, going three 0 down to West Ham, regardless of shape, system, individuals, is not acceptable. You know, you should. Nuno has every right to turn around to those players and say, "Look, this is how we're playing. You've just got to be better." Um, yeah. And I think that's what um, people wouldn't mind seeing it, to be honest. Now, clearly, the three 0 shut him up a little bit, and he, he's he's reverted to type since then. Since Neto injury, obviously, we went back three in that game, and we've got two positive results. Um, you can't necessarily argue with the the end. The end. You know, the the, the means justified the ends, or whatever the phrase is. But at the end of the day, you know, what are we getting out of it? You know, it's it's Claudio Ranieri celebrating the 40-point mark when Leicester won the title again, isn't it? That's it's dilly ding, dilly dong. It's not there's it's neither here nor there. But um yeah, yeah, very meh about today. That was that was really it. Well, I mean, I trying to drag a podcast out of that game is bad enough without you having to do a technical analysis of it. Um a tactical, I should say, not technical. It's well, you've um, got me on the hook now. Shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the game itself, you know, Sheffield United for their position in the league, you know, they they gave a go. And in the first 10 minutes, it very much felt like, um, oh, this might be not quite the walkover that we would expect the game to be. You know, I don't think many would have tipped us to to lose the game. The odds prior to the game were astronomically high for a Sheffield United win. Um, well, you say you say that with um, Bet three six five, it was only four to one, ten minutes before kickoff. Hmm. So, but again, because of that's in the lineup by then, and you knew this was a Wolves of a safety first Wolves. So, mm-hmm. I mean, come on to it, but they they had their chances. They had their chances. They definitely did. Um, let's talk about one of the main talking points of the first half. That eight Nori red that wasn't. What was your initial reaction to it, Gully? Did you think to yourself, he's in trouble here? Yeah, you could see what had happened. Um, uh, and in the sense that I found it strange that Brewster was automatically given a yellow um, in the context of, well, neither of them won the ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I, I understand what he's trying to do there. And I understand he's trying to protect the ball by going over the top of it. But he run the risk of um, causing some damage with those kind of challenges. The one thing I would have said, though, is the ref wasn't looking to make those kind of decisions, I don't think, throughout the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. There were a lot of tackles that could have been, you know, are, are, you know quite easily the, the Sheffield United midfield three could have got two yellows, you know, one of them in, during that game. But he's reluctant to do it. And I, I don't mind that because the last thing that game needed was someone to go down to 10 men and the other teams to just shut up shop. You know, so I, I've not got a problem with, um, you know, the referee doing his best to keep all 11 men on the pitch. Yeah, I know. I'd agree with you there. Stu, you use the um, the IFAB rule because you're wanking material. Can you talk me through the um, what happened there with that, with the, the kind of VAR and the yellow card? Because I must admit, I wasn't paying a lot of attention at this point because I was bored. Um, what? How, how come Brewster can get a yellow for it and... I ignore he couldn't have got a red or what, what was the, what was the, what was the controversy around it? I've got no idea. I honestly got no clue because 
under under twenty, you look at the some of the decisions that have happened this season. He's gone over the top. He's not over the top of the ball. He's planted his foot on someone else's ankle, mm-hmm. and now that's a red card, regardless of intent or get the ball, part of the ball, whatever. It's a red card, and he should have been sent over to the screen to at least look at it and make his own decision. So I don't think I, he see. I don't. I don't think he saw it live. I but think then... you, can, you can you can talk about the the rule book and stuff like that, Stu. But I I find with most games that the referee sets the standard within those ninety minutes. Do you know what I mean? If he's give if he's letting stuff go early, you know he has to set that precedent for the rest of the game. Then he has to, and you know the players will use that against him for the rest of the game. And I think he was being quite lenient. And maybe oh, yeah, he, the... he didn't see it. He didn't maybe didn't see it. But for VAR to then kind of brush it brush it under the carpet it felt a bit strange that's what that's what I mean I'm not I'm not blaming the ref for that because he could only go on what he's advised by the VAR about I mean that's a VAR fuck up that is he should at least have gone over to if if he'd have gone to the screen and then said okay no it was an accident then fine because in the context of everything else I mean I thought he was kind of walked over like you already said I thought he was he started off all right and then he just I mean Ampadu could have got four bookings the way he was yeah. going the amount, oh, yeah. amount of chances he gave him and if that had been like Mike Dean against Villa earlier in the season it, it would have been a, a yeah I remember that game yeah, yeah. it would have it would like a clothesline of yellow cards but yeah weird just weird one for me I, mm. I don't know how he escaped no me either it was um, I mean obviously it's beneficial to us and we don't want to see a player you know ourselves you know get down to 10 men and seeing us on I think I saw some tweets from the club about Marcel being back fit for the fifth or sixth time this season. But, you know, it's he's just not, a hologram. He, it's just a hologram. Yeah, yeah, yeah why not? He's, you know, he's not the answer as, as we know long term. Um, what I do want to talk about, and I want to pose. Sorry, Matt. Matt, can I just interrupt slightly? Just because it. for the. For the obviously audio listeners, um, Stu is sat here like he's the tenth man waiting to be on the bench. He's got <laughs> his base layer on, wearing <laughs> his home shirt. He looks like he's just come back from Molyneux after not getting the nod. <laughs> like well, Nuno's left you, him out the squad. Let's let's go behind the fourth wall here. <laughs> Stu has been in action recently. We we played football on Thursday evening, and Stu's got the taste for it now. He's like he's got the taste for meat. He wants to play, <laughs> and now he's ready. Yeah, you've always got to be prepared. Go this, you should learn. You should learn from me. Well, if our players are dropping like flies at the moment, so we might all be getting a call soon. <laughs> but um, the one question I want to pose to you guys, you know, we can we can beat this drum to death about how boring our first halves are and and chance creation, etc. Tonight was that by design in that. We're playing the worst team in the league by a country mile. Is Nuno honestly wanting to draw that game out so you know that they're tired come the second half and then we press when they press because they're desperate for the win and then we counter them? Is he really sticking to that same game plan for this game or is it just the fact that we were just creatively shit? Or was this was this boring by design? It's the same every week. So it's like they, they keep saying in every single commentary... Depends what, regardless of if it's it's Don Goodman, if it's anyone else, they always say, "Oh no, everyone at the club's baffled by you." No, they're fucking not. We've been doing this for four years. It's we've had we've had ex players on here talking about it, saying that this is how he sets things up. I mean, 
anyone who's watched Sheffield United all season on telly knows how they set up. So it's no, there's no excuse for it. But it's not a surprise anymore. And we know that as soon as you set up with a back five, that's how it is. With a back four, it doesn't happen. Um, so it's definitely, it, it, it's either deliberate or it's so in, entrenched into them, it's sort of almost like it's second nature now and they can't get out of it. But Stockholm it's all, syndrome. it's all, yeah, it's all down to him why this happens because the, it's not a coincidence and it wasn't a coincidence after four weeks of it happening to start with. I, th- I think there's um there's another strength strands to it, which is the fact that we have had all these injuries and and, and players have um, been suffering, and when we play the way we do in this system, it's quite um, in the context of a football match, it's quite low energy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's sitting deep. It's letting the opposition have the ball, and I know people say, you know, playing ninety minutes without the ball is is generally speaking quite tough. But that's more of a psychological thing. I don't think we actually cover that much ground as a team. Mm-hmm. You know, running between, you know, just, if you're just blocking passing lanes, you're not closing people down. That's yeah, not, you're not covering that much distance. We've never been a team to run around like headless chickens for no reason. It's always about working working better and working yeah. more cleverly. And that um, and played into that is the idea that players yeah. want them to pick up injuries and stuff, um, yeah. which is why the squad, small squad kind of works. Okay. Not this year. Yeah. So tell me then, with the players that we had available to us on the bench or, or could have been in the squad, who who unlocks that first half? Then, bearing in mind that's how we want to play. Does anybody? Does anybody? Doesn't matter what eleven on the pitch. Does that first half happen regardless? Or would a you know younger player trying to prove himself have unlocked the door and maybe created more chances? Or you know, if it's by design. Does it really matter what lineup we put out because we're going to play the same, aren't we? I th- yeah. I think you can expect more from the front three. Personally, mm. I think you you can you can turn to them and say, look, you're better than this. Because uh, I mean, I was having this conversation with Dan on Instagram, like, and he's adamant that he's, he's you know you you should we we shouldn't necessarily be expecting more from these players because of this whole line that you know the wage you know with the fifteenth. <laughs> highest wage bill in the league and all this kind of stuff. But when if I'm if I've got a Dharma Triori in my team and if I've got Daniel Pedence in my team, I'm mm. expecting chances and creation and I'm expecting a bit of excitement. And that didn't happen for that first first 45 minutes. You know, regardless of how much you're paying them, they're all capable of it. Um mm. so that's probably where things need to and I, I I don't necessarily see the players off the bench giving us more personally. They might have mm. a bit more enthusiasm you know the the exuberance of youth and you know trying to prove a point but more quality probably not i mean yeah it's it's interesting the the wage bill argument you know it, it it's become it's become you know i'd start ringing the hospitals if there wasn't a conversation about wage bills in the fancast group because someone's <laughs> got to be ill if we're not talking about the south bank and the impact that they have or jordan sport in liverpool or whatever um the the interesting measure would be actually is it wage Will should we have that effect, or actually the valuation of the players? Because then, when you think of the actual valuation of the players, then should we be expecting more? Because you'd put this obscene price tag on Troy or you put an obscene price tag on Neto. Do you know what I mean? There are players there with with untapped potential. We've got to have from a um, from a valuation point of view, we've got to be higher than fifteenth in the league. If you looked at our squad, not at what we purchased them at, but what they were worth to us. Or worth on the market, we've got to be higher than 15th. I'd have thought, 
Yeah, I think the the other thing about the wage the wage uh, ranking system table nonsense that no one's mentioned is that how many how many clubs are overpaying massively for shit, and mm. you look at some of the in Palace seventh what seventh highest wage bill in the league Palace come on now, and I know it's London and quality of living down there and whatever, but that doesn't matter to footballers mm. compared to normal people. So I think. We get we get good value, and that whole argument. If the if they were unhappy with the wages that they've got, they wouldn't be, would they? They'd all kick up a fuss and piss off. So, when you got Matinho and Patricia one hundred grand a week, deservedly so. But they've always said they've always said if, if the right player comes along, we'll pay the going rate. So, mm. it's a it's a really a problem for me. That whole that whole thing is just a bit of a it's another. It's an excuse to not blame a certain person for the performances that's happened this season. That's all it is. Steve. You just keep, keep beating around the bush here. You might as well just start calling him out. I'm not calling him out today. I'm, I'm, I'm giving him a rest now. Okay. That's, a, that's a, my claim picture on Twitter earlier, but I've, I've given it enough today. Well, it's, you know, it's that age old, the irony being it being Mourinho, another very you know very set in their ways portuguese manager in that grinding out these one nil results but a win is a win is a win so it is you could say you know what i mean like it might not be entertaining but it's you know you know much like my love making it might not be entertaining but it gets the job done <laughs> so, <laughs> um speaking of lackluster um we go on to the second half um and thank christ for that a goal and a goal for uh, william jose as well um after his disallowed goal the previous week, he must be just over the moon to actually get. I, I use the phrase "get off the mark" as if like he's five games in, not about fifteen <laughs> yeah. games in. But um, you know, clinically taken, it's a good job it was fed to him though because he wasn't creating a lot himself, was he this evening? He never does that, does he? Yeah. It's not his game. It's not his game. Let's be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was born with his back to goal because every time he turns towards it, um, he seems to be struggling. I think um, it's like Zoolander. He can't seem to turn turn around, can he? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, he, I, I, he's not the mug that people are making him out to be. He's, yeah. a, he's a tidy footballer, I think. And well, like I, I've seen, I've seen him, you know, with his back to goal, touching, you know, linking up with the with the guys uh, around him. He's decent, but. When it comes to like like the real, you know, desire to get on the end of things and you know beat his defender to the bot to the ball, it's the Fulham goal, the disallowed goal, was the first time I think I'd seen it properly mm. off him. Um, and you know you want to see a little bit more of that. I just don't. I think for a big lad, you just, you can get stuck into him a little bit easily. Um, and you know, fair play to him. It, it was a nice goal, simple finish. Um, made the right run. Triore is the catalyst for that, really. Uh, and without a player like him, it doesn't happen. But you know, it's 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 a nice little moment for him, and he's got that to take away as a souvenir from his time in Wolverhampton, at least. I mean, it, it, he's he's kind of turned into a bit of a like a figure of fun, and and like you said, rightly so, because he's the most Olivier Giroud kind of striker that we've got. That he never ever looks like scoring, but he's actually when he's on it and he's bringing other people into play. He's very good at doing that, but there's no one in the middle anyway to when when it links off that, so it's just wasted. So he kind of begs the question why he was bought in bought in, in the first place. Maybe he was the only one we could get and he was bought in to make Silver look good, like we said before. Um, yeah, I mean, 
ironically enough, I mean, he, he could leave. I mean, what's that? Twelve goal, twelve games now, one goal. I mean, he could get five in twenty. Uh, one in four striker in a, in a shit team. It wouldn't be that bad if if he managed to get that. In the <laughs> the, the records so. would show that it wouldn't be that bad. Yeah. yeah but, so, but, I mean, the, the way I look at it is, yeah, even if he doesn't end up a Wolves player at the end of this, he should still be fighting. He's fighting for a move. You know, he hasn't got a home to go to at the end of this season, really. And I don't think Sociedad want him anymore. So, you want to see a little bit more desire, I think, for, for him to say, look, look at whoever, you know, whoever, whichever team might be out there watching, I can do it in the Premier League. So, give us a, give us a chance. Mm, absolutely. And um, Gully, you mentioned it, the catalyst for that goal being Troy Allright, the assist machine out of nowhere. You know, he started chipping in, which obviously we knew he was doing beforehand if it, if, if it wasn't the direct assist. Do you know what I mean? You, you can pull stats out of your arse all, all season about, you know, it's, and it's an easy click, isn't it, for, for media outlets and stuff, talking about his lack of goals and lack of assists. You know, do we say the same about, like, any other player if they weren't this hulk of a man that's got a high price tag for potential we don't yet they're probably given the same output um but he has been clinical in our success in the last few games um great to see from our point of view but a justification for his hard work that doesn't get recognized would you agree yeah. Stu, with that he's definitely kind of he's definitely come on in the last month or so um I think the the slagging and the uh, stick he got was justified, to be honest, for a lot of the season because he wasn't doing it. Um, we also, I mean, Gully defending him and stuff, and we know there was re- other reasons that we're not getting into it here. But why he was being singled out was just stupidness. But he's coming, to, he's coming to a bit of form late on, and if he carries on like this and he goes into the summer and he does go to the Euros with Spain, then. Great. When we we're gonna be a winner either way if he's sold or he's still our player next season. We're coming back with confidence from the Euros, so I think he's coming into form at the right time from his point of view, and it's gonna scrape us out of the line of survival um, as well. But yeah, I mean, I thought when he took that that chance on later on and he blasted it into the south band, I thought, yeah, that's back to normal again after last week. But he's done a lot more than Pedenza. I thought Pedenza has been. Terrible all season, to be honest. Mm, I mean, he's been on and off with injury, hasn't he? He's never really... Has he sustained a long run of games this season? From memory, I don't think anything, you know, where he's built up like 10 games in a row, certainly not starts or anything like that. Um, He does seem... I, I hate this phrase. I really fucking hate this phrase. But when people say, he's not playing with a smile on his face... But he's not. He feels like it looks like he's always got his head down and he's always like in the trenches and he's posting about Bitcoin on his Insta. And if he's not <laughs> Bitcoin, he's po- he's slamming his, you know, he's posting about how he's been hard done by by the by the ref. I just don't feel like he's enjoying his football at the moment. You know, and I don't what, know if that's a byproduct of the performances for the whole team. I don't know. This, I mean, there's there's a phrase and um, it's the best ability is availability mm. for a start. And there's, if there's one thing that the best best players on earth you know you don't notice it because they're never not there do you know what i mean mm-hmm. you know, the real best players in the world they're always there and you, you you kind of got to take that for granted because you know they're not picking up um injuries little knocks and stuff that are you know forcing them to miss games and 
you know, if we've we've talked about stuff like, you know, left back situation next season. We haven't got a permanent fixture in there at this moment in time with Ait Nuri just being on loan. So the only thing that some oh, and you know, Joe Edwards done his little top five of options and stuff. And let's be fair, the only thing those players have to do to be a good signing is play more games than Marcel. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> then they've already been a better player, you know, and 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 it's come off and it's a success. So you know, to then criticise Pedence, you know, it's 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 harsh because people aren't in control of these things. But if you're not there, you're not there to you know be counted on, and that's just you know a part and parcel of football. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So uh, listen, we know it wasn't a spectacular game, but there were positives. Obviously, we just talked about Jose. <laughs> talked about. Um, we've talked about Troyore. I want to talk about Tomato. Um, before we uh, have a break, because another good performance from him saved us from conceding the goal. And that save, you know, that block ended up resulting in the goal that we scored that won us the game. Um, this one, you know, it will never go down in history as like Samado's best game or anything like that, because I think we, he'll only be considered a great performance if he gets on the end of a, an assist or a goal, because he's brought in as we, we compare him to. Doty on a daily basis, but I thought he had a great game. I thought he was absolutely, you know, he was one of our better players, if not our best player on the pitch this evening, because he did the bare essentials. <laughs> I mean, what do you think towards the end of the season? How do you feel he's progressing as a player for us at the moment, Samedo? He's been our best player since Christmas, I'd say, above Neto anyway. Um Maybe a bit harsh, but no, I mean, since since the turn of the year, he's been great. And the amount of stick that he's got has been shocking and just bored. It's just plain ridiculous. And there's been people have had an agenda against him because he's not Matt Doherty, which is just stupid. And yet he had a bad start, but he's he's come from playing in one of the best teams in the world, having no, no defending to do, to come into the hardest league in the world where things are mad all the time in a, in a weird system in a team that's all over the place, switching between four and five. And he's come out of it the other side as probably one of the best right backs in the league at the minute. No one with uh, any kind of, without an agenda against him. You look at the the, the performances and the facts, uh, facts, facts, facts. Um, you look at it from that point of view, he just is. He's just, he's just Mr. Consistent. Mm-hmm. And it took him time, yeah, it did. But there'll still be certain parts of the fan base because of where we started and because they're reading the Expressor Star and certain other things and they take certain people's word as gospel that he's always going to be shit, which is ridiculous. Mm, I'd, um, agree. I'd agree. I'd agree. I think, um, and I know you don't necessarily agree with me on this, too. When we get back in the grounds, I think he's a player that's going to benefit from the real live view of, of people in the stadium because, you know, we're all sat, sat behind the TV screens at the moment without realising the subconscious bias of the commentary, you know, has an impact on everyone's view of the game and stuff as well. And the other thing I think people don't notice is the difference, and we, we, we're only we're going to compare him to Doherty, naturally. Semedo gets the ball in so many more difficult situations than Doherty does, but you don't notice it because if, if a bloke was five yards away from Doherty, the ball wouldn't have gone out there because you can't trust his first touch to actually keep hold of it. 
But with Semedo, you're putting the ball on him under pressure and he's, he's handling it. He's, 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 he's doing really well, moving the ball forward, progressing it. He's so important to the way we move the ball. Um, and there are stats to back all this up. Um, and I'm happy to produce them if anybody wants to ask me the question. But, uh, you know, if you're, if, you're, if you're not at this point accepting him as a good footballer, then you're really not watching the game properly in my eyes. Because he, he, I, I would go with best player on the pitch today. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, I... I... Agree with you that people will get a new, a very different understanding of him when they see him live and without without someone whispering in their ear, unless they're a bit mad. Um, but there will still be people there who won't change their mind because they're stubborn. Mm. And we know that they're the kind of people yeah, who who are the most vocal, who are, oh, fucking get it forward. We all know who yeah, they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. That's, the, that's the only problem he's going to have now because he's just been... I mean, I... I I was even considering going back to shirt numbers again. I know I did on my uh, stories from the pack with Rich and saying I haven't had a shirt number for a while. But I almost like just be confrontational, just to wear it for the for next season, if we're back next season. Just, just to, to wind people up. Yeah, yeah, just to, yeah, yeah. yeah no, let's do. Let's do. Go for it. I'm sure the fan case can donate to the world's up. <laughs> um, happy for you to, to, to take... take to be our be our walking talking bait for people to come and slag you yeah, we'll, there. we'll dip into the company coffers for your show bring it on okay guys we're gonna have uh, a small break and uh, when we get back we're going to do twitter corner and of course uh i can't believe we're gonna have to talk about this a bbc one fixture of wolves versus burnley Ugh, i feel sick but we'll see you after the break Answer me this. How long have you had that mattress? Because it's looking even lumpier than my lockdown love handles. And while those might be more cuddly, a lumpy mattress is doing nothing for your comfort levels or your sleep. So whatever body you're rocking, put it on a Nectar mattress. Prices start at just $499, and you get $399 in accessories thrown in. That includes a Nectar mattress, mattress protector, cooling pillows, and sheet set, a 365-night home trial, and a forever warranty. Go to Nectarsleep.com and get hugged. Hi, Richard here. Before you go back to hearing us dissect the latest Wolves news, some really shoehorned Simpsons references, a bit of 90s film action, of course, a bit of wrestling, um, I just want to do a quick shout out for our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. Now, they've done a fantastic job on the Wolves Fancast website, Wolves Fancast, please go check it out. But they're not just web designers, they're a creative agency that cover all your design needs from websites, brochures and signage to marketing, logo design and branding. There's basically nothing they can't do marketing-wise, so make sure you check them out at pixelyetimedia.com and I'll let you get back to enjoying the show. Right, everyone, welcome back to Wolves Fancast. So, looking ahead to the game against Burnley, one question I do want to ask is, prior to this five game fixture list kind of against teams either below or very close to us in the table obviously Fulham Sheffield United Burnley uh, Albion and Brighton you many of us would have been asked you know what points tally we expected from that game I think from those games I think generally speaking eight to ten were kind of the the figures of what we would expect or want we're on six points already so you know, it, 
is it job done? You know, are we doing all the right things? And actually, we should be expecting this because we're playing terrible teams. I said four, so um, <laughs> that's that was just how we that's uh, the spirit, Joe. We were going at the, at the time, but like you can't. It's results at the end of the day, I suppose, and we're playing excellent teams every week, as as Nuno constantly tells us, and you can't argue with wins at the end of the day, can you? So. However boring and shit it is, let's just and if if he's not going to experiment, which it doesn't look like he is, then let's just get as many points under the as we possibly can. And if it's three million, if if it's three million quid per place, and we can somehow manage to scrape into tenth, then that's twelve, fifteen million more than we could do. So, and if we sell to boys, sell to boys, team spears keeps telling us that we're going to have to do in the summer. If that helps towards not having to do that, then fine. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think a momentum of winning, not necessarily playing well, is always a good thing. So, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if we win all of them and then the new no in mentalists will be going crazy. Mm. So it's one of them. And no, nothing surprises me anymore. Mm. I understand what you mean, mate. So looking at Burnley, obviously they're... You know, the, the league table doesn't lie. They're currently, I believe, sat just above the relegation zone. But they're not necessarily a club that you think of in, in trouble, really, um, generally speaking. Um, however, they've lost to Southampton and they've lost to Newcastle over the last couple of games. Again, this should be a game that we win, but win ugly. Would you agree with that, Gully? Is there, has this got a, has this got a banana skin? written over it or will the fact that we've just won two on the spin just um, does that build confidence for you I mean if we go back to the fixture at Turf Moor we definitely lost ugly that night didn't we <laughs> um, there's nothing pretty about playing Burnley I, I don't think we've had I think the first time we played and when we first came back up we had a we had a good performance that day but ever since oh it's just one of those fixtures I don't look forward to it really is like Sean Dyche just appears to have Nuno's number, to be frank. Um, and we just don't we just don't like playing them. Um, you know, we had the whole Optisawi up front experiment <laughs> like, like earlier in the season. And, you know, decisions like that just speak of like really overthinking stuff. You know, we talk about Pep Guardiola and semi-final syndrome and he goes mm-hmm. into like an absolute, you know, what goes into his laboratory, puts equations on the board and, you know, comes out with something newfangled and, and, and stupid that just ain't going to work. That's what Nuno did that day for what, for what, for the way I saw it anyway. And it just speaks of its team. Maybe it's good that we've got all these players out missing because he has no choice but to put out some level of sensible lineup. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. Oh, just not... I mean, I've got a game Sunday morning, so I'm half thinking I might just go and play <laughs> rather than do this. But <laughs> No, I understand. Stu, what are your thoughts on, on the upcoming game? We can pretty safely assume the squad will remain the same. Um Going into that then, knowing what we know and the form that Burnley are in, what are your expectations? To be Pain. bored again? Yeah. <laughs> to Misery. Be, to, be, to, be, to be completely bored for the first half um, and then something will happen in the second half and then that'll be it. But I mean, I, I used, we always used to batter Burnley as well. That was it. Burnley were one of them teams where, I mean, we hadn't we, we, we hadn't lost there for like 40 years or something at Turf Moor. And the same at home. 
and under Nuno, it's going completely the other way. So, yeah, I, I expect the same lineup. I mean, Neves being back, I mean, he might go back to Neves and Martino. He's tried and trusted. So, I mean, that's that's a bit different to today, I suppose. But and then, but does, does Dendog then go back to um, into the back five with Sace, dropping out? Who knows? But that's all it's going to be. I mean, I can't see any other. I mean, I'd like him to do something different. I mean, seeing as we are now safe, well, bar three points, if you want to be technical. But yeah, you can't you can't change a winning team though, can you? Steve? Exactly. That's a it's the um, the unwritten rule of uh, Twitter Dars. So mm. yeah, I, I don't expect much, um, and it's going to be it's on a Sunday. The best thing is we can all go and get pissed in beer gardens on the Saturday and kind of be half hungover and suffer through it in some kind of pain that's not just Why would you make it worse for yourself? <laughs> because then you can concentrate on feeling ill rather than just <laughs> watching right. the screen. Is it an illness? A hangover with an illness, is it now? <laughs> well, it's a self-inflicted one. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you cannot identify it as an illness, then it's an illness. <laughs> Okay, so um, we're going to move on then to uh, Twitter Corner and um, see what the uh, what the Twitter has for us. A uh, quick one from uh, King Wolf eighty four reminds us that Wolves women uh, are to playing tomorrow uh, on Wolves TV in the cup, taking on uh, Blackburn Rovers. There were two tiers above us in the uh, women's footballing pyramid. So uh, get on that tomorrow, Wolves TV. Um, I think the app itself can direct you straight to the game, which I think the majority of us have. So, yep, if you are, are available, make sure you support the, the women's team and uh, and hopefully they are up for the cup. Um, so we'll get into the questions. Um, we want to know, uh, C underscore Unrad, um, maybe Conrad was unavailable as a handle, where should first-time visitors go in Wolverhampton? So let's pretend you're renting your house out as an Airbnb. And the residents come in and they say, listen, I've only got time to go to one place in Wolverhampton. Where am I going? Gully. <laughs> Shit. I don't know, <laughs> the, first thing that, the first thing that popped into my head was like going to going to the Crown at works for a meal, but that feel, makes me sound really pretentious now, doesn't it? Oh, like, oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say gorgeous then for a minute. Oh, uh, no, I've not been myself, so I couldn't recommend it, can I? Um, so, I, I mean... With, it's been so long, you know, being in a pandemic, I wouldn't even know where to start myself at this point. Um, but yeah, are there any new bars opening up soon? I don't know about that. I mean, if it was a normal world, I'd say go to the Great Western straight away. But uh, then, are they? Um, they're looking for new management, I think, or something. I saw. Yeah, I think yeah, we're going to get a lot of that kind of thing. Sadly. Uh-huh. No I think um, if we were talking from a purely tourist point of view, I went to the wonderful Wittick Manor not that long ago. That was really, really nice to have a walk around. Learn afternoon tea. It feels like afternoon, afternoon tea. tea kind mate, of yeah. You know, I'm the whole kit and caboodle. I'm an hour ca- a card carrier National Trust member. Or as Adam from the fancast heard on our cycle earlier, he thought I said a card carrier National Front member. <laughs> and I was, that's, a very, that's a very different organisation. Uh, to be fair. I, I mean, you might fit in there. To be fair, with the whole skinhead look and all that. Well, he will. I've got a, I've got a Portuguese flag in the background here. I'm, on the <laughs> I'm you know, multicultural over here. Uh, uh, Lee, Mister Carbohydrate, great handle. Um, it's more of a statement he wants us to discuss. A round of toast tastes worse when eaten as a whole slice, 
rather than in, when it's cut in half, discuss into a triangle. Specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does, if, especially if it's cut in triangles, it's even better. Yeah, yeah. If this is a thing. You believe there might be science to this. I don't know what it is, but there might be something scientific about it. Mm, I'm not. I'm not convinced. I'd, I'd never cut my toast in half ever, ever, well, ever. Try it tomorrow. I might have to, you know, I'm going to put a, put a secret out of there for, because the, the wife won't listen to this. She puts her, she'll do a toast and then she'll wrap it in cling film and leave it for like five minutes. So it gets really soggy and then eats it as, and I'm, I'm meant to accept this. Oh, so that, yeah. Cause this is like um, what happens if you have like a breakfast sandwich from somewhere, it's all wrapped up in foil Ooh. and yeah, it, get, it gets that damp kind of, mm, but that's oh, like, man. that's, that's, that's what she's going for. She's, she likes that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, this is another Nuno. It's, it's by design. It's almost, it's almost <laughs> like it's, it's a substitute for soggy biscuit by the sounds of it to me. What? <laughs> well, I, I'm not googling that. No idea what that is, Stu. Because mm. uh, Colin Bier Lazard Boulevard. <laughs> Christ. Um, what animal would Fabio be if he were one? Alpaca. Oh. Um, a pelican. A pelican. <laughs> a pelican. With it, well, with his flowing locks, yeah, a pelican. <laughs> yeah. Spotted on the Essington Great Whirly Canal. Yes, indeed. Still, uh, not, seen him, still not seen him since, but he, he'll be found. He will be found, I'm sure. Uh, Luke Turton wants to know: um, Do you regret? loaning Forrest Raphamir and uh, Bonatini from a fan's perspective. <laughs> I guess this is like a butterfly effect kind of thing, because if we'd have kept them, would they have, you know, would doesn't necessarily mean that we'd have had the same result from like Raphamir, for example. It's a strange one, Raphamir, because, you know, yeah. do we do we just cash in now on a, on a lucky on... Um... There's your buy to sell, though, isn't it? Or sell to buy. There's your sell yeah. to buy, ready made. But then... I, I, I've still got this idea that we need a third striker, probably, possibly, mm-hmm. yeah. um, if anything does happen. And if he's on, on the books, just get him back. Yeah, see how he does in pre-season, maybe. Um, and then uh, t- see where it takes us from there. But regarding the Forest thing, I mean, Nottingham Forest is just a footballing graveyard now, isn't it? <laughs> they're, they're destined to stay at the second tier. And, um, you know, they, they just have to put up with it and... and it's no fault of Leo Bonatini or Rafa Mir that um, they failed. They aren't the first footballers to fail at Forest. No, no. I think from a Forest point of view, they they probably wish they had. I loaned regret them. it, yeah. But um, Ben Fika probably wish they, they they didn't loan Jimenez to us. So it's it happens everywhere. It's just one of them things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, final question then from Guido Clymer. Um Enchiladas, cheese or beef? Well, many really, really, you'd have both, wouldn't you? I mean, you, yeah, you have cheese on enchiladas as a standard thing, wouldn't you? Mm, maybe this is a maybe this is a uh, a cultural thing. Where's our friend Guido from? Does he say on his uh, on his Twitter? No, he didn't say. I mean, my my first answer was going to be chicken, to be honest, but that's not a fucking option, is it? <laughs> no, no, it's not. I think if I was having enchiladas, I'd want uh, barbecue chicken. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that sounds like a shout. That sounds like a shout. Barbecue chicken. Okay, rate these three in order then. Barbecue chicken, pulled pork, chili beef. Ooh, pulled pork, actually, you know, that sounds good to me right now. I'm going that number one. Then probably yeah. barbecue chicken, then chili beef. 
Stu, you've been known uh, to be called a gammon from time to time. Um, have you ever used a slow cooker and done a pulled pork uh, or pulled gammon? I've pulled many things at night, but never. Um, pulled... <laughs> <laughs> this um, version of a slow cooker is just turning the heat down on the on the oven. <laughs> yeah, this is this is why we're base in the house. <laughs> can see the world. roasting from the inside out. <laughs> well, yeah, um, I, I'd go pulled pork last because I don't really like pork anyway, but. Um, yeah, chicken, beef. Pork. In true gammon style, he doesn't like pork. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was very much the in thing, wasn't it? Pull pork for a while. You couldn't move for pull pork in like uh, bistroy type restaurants and stuff like that. Very good stuff, though. Um, but yeah, there we go. Well, anyway, on that bombshell, thank you very much for listening to the Matt, podcast. Can I, can I just on. say one thing? <laughs> go on, We've got through an entire podcast playing Sheffield United and not mention John Fleck, and I really want to applaud you guys on that. On what I'm from from the bottom of my heart. You know, you've done well, there, guys. You know, well, I, 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 I was just going to say, yeah, I was going to say Fleck out. Just oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> got it in there first. Just in the Fleck of time. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm here all week. Anyway, thank you very much, guys, for listening to the uh, podcast. Ben, make sure to check us out on uh, Twitter at the new and sexy improved handle at Wolves Fancast. See how I stalled that out as I quickly went to our Twitter page there. Um, uh, at Wolves Fancast is the new uh, handle now for us uh, to streamline kind of all of our um, all of our different accounts in one place. Um, check out our uh, content online and make sure that you're subscribed and your notifications are on so you can be the first to see all of the content that we pump out over Twitter, YouTube and Instagram, including Instagram Live. So guys, Gully, if you want to say goodbye. See you later, guys. Stu, if you want to say goodbye. Yeah, but it, now we're ending lockdown slowly. Um, people are kind of meeting up as well, and people are meeting new people. So everyone just be careful that if you use a support a different club and you meet up with someone, don't necessarily tell them because sometimes it could go very wrong. So there's your uh, tip for the week. So goodbye. <laughs> I feel like there's a there's a context there that we may or may not have already hinted about on this show. And uh, it's goodbye from me, Matt. And remember, guys, look after yourself and stay safe. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC.